Hi, I'm Hannah Durden and you're listening to the Outdoors Group podcast. This podcast is a call to arms to get children and young people outside again. It's your one-stop shop for all things outdoor, child, young person and education related. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'm absolutely delighted to be in Princetown at Base Camp, the hub for all Global Warriors UK activities. Global Warrior UK have over 20 years of polar exploration experience and are proud to be directly contributing to our knowledge and understanding of Earth. I'm here with Global Warrior Jim McNeil, one of the world's most experienced and respected explorers, and Lucy Reynolds, who's joining him for a part of his next mission. We're here to talk about the Resolute Expedition, an 11-year exploration that aims to gather crucial databases to look at the condition of high Arctic waters for their scientific partners. It's a real privilege to have some of your time, guys. So thanks for joining and for hosting me. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so, Jim, let's start by asking exactly what Global Warrior UK is and what your background is. Uh, what my background is, is about three, five hours worth. So <laughs> <laughs> Condense. <laughs> well, I started life as a uh, scientist okay. uh, working on the depletion of the ozone layer in uh, the Antarctic as a result of agricultural practices. So very serious stuff. Uh, I chose not to go to university, even though I got a place uh, at Strathclyde, uh, because I wanted to get on with life. And I happened to be right-hand man uh, for a very eminent scientist then, Dr John Ryden. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so I was just incredibly lucky to be his uh, his uh, gopher, basically, or his person. <laughs> yeah, well, his person that sort of invented the, the gear and uh, did everything uh, to make the experimentations work, actually. Mm. Uh, so, so that was really good. I wanted to stay in that domain, but couldn't mm. because they wanted me to go to university, and I still didn't want to go to university. But unfortunately, he uh, collapsed one day in the laboratory oh, wow. uh, literally in my arms oh, gosh. through okay. exhaustion yeah uh, and there was no one else to take up the work that we that we were doing and yeah. this was the forefront if you like of um environmental science yeah uh, so when was this or popular environmental <laughs> yeah. science 1980 1980 okay yeah so mm. uh, they hadn't even publicized the ozone layer even though they knew about it then okay um so it was very important work so I had to teach myself Fortran, which is a you know computer uh, programming language to process all this data that we were producing out okay. of these agricultural practices, and um, I ended up um, not going to university. I couldn't get any further than I could, mm. so I sp- spent four years there, wrote or co-wrote because I wasn't allowed to write, even though I did write it. <laughs> uh, three scientific papers on on. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, was that with the guy that collapsed, or was well, unfortunately, he then. Uh, oh, did he pass? Some, yeah, he oh, passed okay. away. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Which was uh, very sad, uh, mm. and he was a tremendous uh, influence on yeah. on me as a whole. Actually, yeah. he was a tremendous guy. He was a fantastic guy. Yeah. But sadly, yeah. Um, so, what was I going to do with that? I was mountaineer since I was 16. Okay. It all started uh, as me being a naughty boy at school. Okay. So they sent me on an outward bound uh, course. So I'm a product of Outward Bound, when Outward Bound was beat the hell out of you, basically. (laughs) It's a bit more sensible now, I believe. (laughs) But I actually enjoyed being beaten up and punished. (laughs) Not punished, but, you know, they really stretched you. It was was like a ball stall, really. But I loved it. It was a bit like James Bond, A Licence to Kill. (laughs) And for some reason, they made me... um, 
captain of the patrol I was in, even though some people were 26 years old, I was only 16. There was this sort of leadership potential. Well, yeah, and so I sort of fumbled upon this idea of leadership, and I really loved it, and I really loved being responsible for other people, mm. uh, other people's safety, you know, yeah. first and foremost, and then, you know, what were we going to do? And I loved, you know, the input from people and sort of getting things going and... Uh, I suppose I've got uh, a passion uh, for getting the best out of people, really, yeah. if I possibly can, and uh, realising people's passion and purpose in life. Uh, and I think we all need purpose in life. So uh, yeah. I was very lucky at 16 to find my to purpose. find your purpose. Yeah, that yeah. is amazing. Not many people find it no, that young. No, I was they? really, really lucky, yeah. So from Mountaineer to... Yep. So, um, yeah, I, how I had a wife and... In, a child by yeah. then, and so how I needed to be paid properly, and yeah. uh, outdoor adventure instructors weren't paid properly no. at all, <laughs> no. if they were paid at all. Um, so the best way I could see forward was to join the army. Okay. Now, I wasn't militaristic in any way, shape, or form, and the army really was like me repeating my naughty boy school <laughs> type of thing, and uh, eventually led to my um, commanding officer saying, "McNeil, we're going to do one of two things with you. We're either going to throw you out, or we're going to send you to Norway." <laughs> so I said, "Well, I'll go to Norway." Please then. send me to Norway <laughs> yeah. uh, for a while. So uh, yeah, I was really lucky again. I I got into this little tiny unit that created what I call nasty, nasty exercises for anyone that wanted to play soldiers up in the okay. in the Arctic. Um, wow, that's so, amazing. Yeah, so yeah, uh, I'm blessed with a vivid imagination. So mm. um, you know, that's how I uh, get through life. And that's how I became eventually a safety guy, really. Yeah. A high-risk safety guy. So, uh, But yeah, that, so uh, I had this lovely background at Outward Bound, actually, mm. uh, I had never read a book from cover to cover, even though I was 16 years old, because mm. that was a sort of education type thing to do. And I didn't like that. I love sport and what have you. But um, I started reading books about exploration and yeah. the daring do's of, mm -hmm. uh, of the explorers of the time, you know, the, the golden era of exploration. And I haven't stopped, really, but nowadays I can see what is bluff and nonsense and what is uh, probably the truth, and, yeah. which is really, really interesting. And there are loads of people that did so much, you know, other than the, the, the people that you, you hear about, the Scots mm. and the Shackletons and yeah. and what have you. So, yeah, so it's a bit of a, a bent of mine to publicise these people that didn't that really get into the limelight. Yeah, the yeah. unknown adventurers. Yeah. yeah. So I thought when... Uh, I came out of the army. I was only a very short um, bit in the army. Uh, uh, I hadn't seen my family for a long time and they offered me 15 months in the Falklands mopping up after a certain incident there. I don't know. And I thought, well, no, that's a complete waste of time. Mm. Uh, and so I chose family over Falklands and um, uh, retrained in marketing communications, would you believe? Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, because my brother was running a marketing communications company up in the north and he okay. was forever going down into the south. But I just stumbled upon a time when computer companies, very large multinational computer companies, weren't well, by just beginning to market themselves. And so I knew a bit from a bite, having uh, taught myself to program the things. Of course, yeah. Uh, and so I really sat as a freelance account director in London for all these big agencies, uh, translating between the techies and the creatives. Oh, wow. Or the creatives That's and the techies. That's quite a difference <laughs> from being in Norway. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, I earned a lot of money yeah, yeah. Uh, out of it, but um, realised, as I had presumed, that money wasn't my motivator in any mm. way, shape or form. And I remember back to um, being 16 and thinking, why do we exist yeah. You know, as human beings? Why do we exist on this planet? Is there any point in us? And I thought, well, the only point I can possibly see is that uh, we've got to make our lives as worthwhile as possible. Mm. It sounds really corny. No. Uh, but that is my motivation and has yeah. been ever since. So having read about all these lovely explorer jobs, I've been a mountaineer, serious mountaineer, for some time. I was on a couple of mountain rescue teams and, and what have you, because I loved using my skills to for the betterment of others. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I then thought, wouldn't it be great to get that sort of golden era uh, and put it in the modern day setting? So, uh, call for volunteers from all walks of life, all yeah. echelons of society, and give them the opportunity to take part in these extraordinary adventures, but also make them purposeful yeah. and worthwhile. Hence the research. Yeah, yeah. hence the research. Yeah. And so the research came into it. I had a little foot in the door of the scientific yeah. community, knowing how they worked and and what have you. So uh, that helped me enormously in that respect. And um, it just flourished from there. So Ice Warrior was an emulation of the golden era of exploration. And when did you start it? So 2001. And I started it across the road here in in Princetown, believe it or not, even though I lived in Berkshire at the time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so we've been, we've had over 450 people that we've trained to be polar competent seven major expeditions and um, uh, very luckily or I'm very proud of the fact we've been cited in some of the best you know scientific magazines yeah around that's uh, incredible which is which is great yeah I love the puzzle pieces of your life with the outward bound and the science of the IT and how it's all come together like that's incredible well uh, yeah I was earning a fortune mm. um we got to that stage and we and then I gave it all up to become a fireman yeah oh okay so you also were a fireman as well. <laughs> brilliant <laughs> because um I thought I you know I knew about uh First aid because um, I train my well, I got yeah. trained in first aid and I, I loved that situation where you're using your skills for the betterment of others mm. and so I my Mrs Mop at the time I was earning that much money I had a person that cleaned the house and for some reason she said did you know that um, the local fire brigade are looking for people at the moment Jim <laughs> and I said no why did you why did you tell me that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just couldn't get over it. So the same day I walked into a fire station, the local fire mm. station, and said, look, I've got all these skills, love the critical crisis and what have you. Uh, can I do anything? And I just hit them at a sweet spot mm. where they were looking for people to drive fire engines, mm. to uh, wear breathing apparatus. So I got all my training, uh, literally all my training, yeah. and more in two years. Okay. And I was sucking up everything I possibly could, yeah. including the academic side. So I became graduate of Fire Institute of Fire Engineering and what oh, have wow. Yeah. That's amazing. And so I ended up as a traffic uh, accident specialist okay. for my local authority, but mm. then I, jo- I also wrote a cheeky letter to <laughs> the constable of Windsor Castle, which I lived near, okay. and which had a bit of a fire. Okay. You see, saying that I was newly qualified in all this fire engineering stuff. If they wanted someone to help, then uh, so um, then you know, have a look at this. And yeah. within two weeks, I was 
in the Royal Household Fire Service as well, looking after wow. the country's yeah. assets. That's amazing. So, yeah. Usual all sorts. But I worked for both at the same time, yeah. which is oh, okay. really good. Yeah. And then I created Icewater. Icewater. <laughs> so if you were in Berkshire at the time, why did you set it up in Princeton? Um, because Dartmoor is very good for <laughs> um, basic training in yeah. an extreme environment. Okay. It's surprising how uh, bleak and um, it can be, nasty yeah. <laughs> it can be up there. Uh, and the head of pressure that it can put, put on people, mm. uh, which is really good. I know, I follow the um, the Dartmoor Rescue Instagram accounts and uh, sometimes some of the rescue accounts that they say, like, remember there was one and it was a woman and she'd got lost. And I think she, they, like... They worked out, triangulated her phone or something. They realised she was only about 200 metres from the road. But because the fog was so down, Mm -hmm. they still had to go and rescue her. And I thought, it's just a great example, isn't it? That you can be so close to the road, but still have absolutely Mm -hmm. no idea where to go. And obviously, if she'd walked in the wrong direction, she could have got even more lost. Yeah. and incredible, Dartmoor. And as you know, you you get four seasons in the one day. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Well, it was sunny as I drove up through Hong and then um, blowing a goot like Hooli when I came in here. So, yeah. And how long did it take you to move down to Dartmoor after you'd set up? Uh, about 30 years. I was, I was assuming <laughs> no, that you live here. Um, <laughs> not still commuting. Let, let me see, uh, 2017, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so. Oh, okay, so you were doing it remotely for a good yeah, 15, 16 time, years. Yeah. 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 yeah, you used to use the uh, YHA at uh, or Dartmoor YHA. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was it quite a relief when you moved down here and you could walk to work? Yes, marvellous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely marvellous. So I live upstairs above the shop and the shop raises money. Yeah, which helps the expeditions. expeditions, Brilliant. Awesome. So talk about the expeditions. Lucy, can you tell us exactly what the Resolute expedition is? Yeah, so the Resolute is part of the the Ocean Warrior um, and it's our... Our, this year is going to be our foundation year of this expedition so we're going to be traveling this year to Svalbard so we're going to be um, circumnavigating the archipelago okay and um, the idea is we're going to be setting up and testing all of our equipment for the expedition which mm. is going to be an 11 year project so this is the first year so so from next year we will be doing about 10,000 nautical miles wow. of, of ocean exploration which yeah. is really exciting so the project's going to run about six months june to october next year um, yeah, yeah next year and it will start um in svalbard and then it's going to travel Where is down that? um that's in, like north of norway okay so above norway um and it's going to go to then to back down to the uk to iceland greenland right up to resolute bay in canada back down again and then back down to the uk okay. so, hence the resolute in the, in the yeah Going up to Canada. Okay. Bay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be 144 ordinary people. So I'm one of those ordinary mm. people um, <laughs> doing some citizen science, basically. And we're going to be collecting as much data as we possibly can about the state of the ocean. Mm. So looking at species count, um, the ice, photographing the ice, okay. checking what pollution's up there. Because unfortunately, I'm pretty sure we're going to find pollution up in the Arctic. Yeah. Um, and we'll all be learning to sail as well. So it's, it's a real mixture of... Um, citizen science kind of like challenging yourself mm. um, meeting new people yeah. pushing yourself to your limits and and the one of the the main reasons and especially for me why I got involved is about telling that story yeah so coming back to your local community and, and talking about what's actually happening yeah. in the Arctic yeah so because um, what's your background 
not exploration. Not exploration. <laughs> no. no. So my background, I've worked in um, social care and mm. specialist education for my whole career, really, okay. so 13 years. Yeah. So I've always worked with um, young people who have autism or learning dif- yeah. difficulties. Um, and I've also run children's homes yeah. for, for young people okay. with trauma backgrounds. But I've always been outside because yeah. I, I was brought up in Devon. So yeah. how can you not be really, you know, wandering around Dartmoor on the weekends or yeah. walking up to the River Dart and, and messing around. So it's always kind of been in my blood to be mm. outside. And I did my forest school training with you guys <laughs> yeah. um, after working with young people out in nature because I saw some of just the most transformational work mm. happen outside. You know, I used to take young people who had really severe trauma backgrounds um, who you know would find it really difficult to open up and have conversations and connect with people but as soon as you took them caving for example suddenly they became the most helpful kind yeah. talking about their experiences it just I think it just changes young people yeah. when outside so are you planning when you come back to talk to some of those children that you were working with again absolutely yeah, yeah. and I'm not really sure what I'm doing when I come back yet okay I've big question mark of kind of paused on my job at the moment okay. to think about what's the next step because I want to find a way of bringing um, the work that I do in kind of social care mm. and kind of climate action and I, I guess getting people back out in nature all together bring somehow. it all together somehow I don't yeah. know what that's going to look like yeah yet, but <laughs> um so I was about to ask what do you hope the expedition to achieve but you've kind of talked about the citizen science already um what kind of uh what kind of um partners are you working with because um I know you're going to be giving the data to other people to analyze aren't you so uh, yeah yeah, I mean, I try with Ice Warrior. I was really lucky uh, because I had a foot in the door of the scientific community. I, our partners are uh, NASA and um, the National Snow and Ice Data Centre, okay. which are you know the really big boys yeah. who say what what is happening in yeah. the world, uh, and so they direct and orchestrate the data that they want us to gather, okay. basically. And for Ice Warrior, there's a huge. Um, uh, there's a huge lack of knowledge about how ice forms and deforms and therefore the okay. prediction of how long the ice will last up there, which is pretty critical to yes, catastrophic <laughs> systems, uh, is pretty important. So so that's what we've been doing up here, uh, up there. But down here, we, uh, I looked around for the, the best sort of um, oceanographers I could possibly find and lo and behold, Plymouth is a, a major mm. centre of excellence worldwide. Yeah. So we're teaming up with Plymouth Marine Laboratory. Is that uh, part of the aquarium? And uh, no, it's not no. actually. Okay. No, no, it's no, uh, just a separate thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a s- sort of super scientific. I mean, they they keep their light under a bushel, really. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've not heard of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, PML. Yeah, okay. they're, they're called. You'll see their boats in the in the, yeah. the harbour there, but um, but them and uh, the Marine Biological Association. Mm which likewise most people haven't heard of but they're yeah. sitting there in Plymouth yeah, yeah just uh, the which was amazing mm. uh, and so we're teaming up with them to to really analyze the most important thing we can which is uh, the ice yeah the, yeah there, there are two real advantages well three uh, real advantages about what we're doing uh, one is that it's 10 years long or it's 11 years yeah. long including the foundation and that's really important. We should be able to watch things change mm. because the second thing is we're going along the same route for that 10,000 mm. nautical miles each year. I was just about to say, so same route every yeah, year. Yeah, that's so be able right. To see so we'll be able to watch like change. Like to like, yeah. yeah. Uh, the premise, of course, is if we're not 
you know, watching these extreme environments, how do we know that anything yeah. we, we try and do to mitigate climate change is actually working? Yeah. We don't. And the third thing is immediacy. Science works in a very slow way. Yes. Even the autonomous satellite uh, data collections and the boys that, you know, before they analyse the data, it'll be two, three, mm. four, 18 months before the paper's written. Uh, and a great example of that, probably the greatest example, is the uh, International Panel on Climate Change. Mm. Um, their big report uh, at the beginning of last year was probably seven or eight years old oh, wow. by the time it came, it came out. out yeah. So we're probably seven or eight years behind the... Yeah, and some of the dates they give us, like as these kind of, you know, we've got to have change by this, are actually coming up quite fast, aren't they? Like they're Very fast indeed, yeah, yeah, and we're not shifting at all. No, we're not it. moving so, fast enough. So if we can put a better, much more immediate finger mm. on the pulse of what the planet is doing, yeah. that's my aim. Yes. And, and that's what we're going to do with the oceans yeah. particularly. Uh, yes. But also... Yeah, we're releasing Desert Warrior next year as well. So Yes, and we'll have to talk about that one for yeah. a second. <laughs> yeah, so Lucy, you said about um, taking pictures of the ice. Is that literally just photographs then? Yeah, it's yeah. called yeah. photogrammetry. Yeah. Uh, okay. So a picture can tell loads of stories, particularly okay. if you um, take several pictures yeah. of the same thing in a different angle, yeah. then the computer can work out a 3D oh. dimensional yeah. model of that and therefore you get the disturbance and if yeah. you've got the disturbance you mm. can work out some of the thermodynamics yeah. as to how that occurred. Will so. there be any underwater <laughs> I know it sounds stupid but like obviously like you talk about ice going under the water as well, do you have like little things to go underneath? Uh, we were, underneath yeah, well? pole ph photography yes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't know the terms. We're, we're not going <laughs> to... I was going to say uh, submarines but I was like that's probably not the right thing. Yeah, we're, we're not going to uh, dive because no. that uh, the very, risk very implications yes. are, yeah. are rather large. That'll make your insurance and, and even it, higher. Well, it, it's just too expensive for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So you'll yeah. use pole photography. Um, you said about learning to sail. So I was thinking mm. about like a, a motorboat, but obviously it's a sailing boat. It's a sailing boat. It's a three-masted schooner, and it's a replica of, a, of an old, old ship. Um, so it's, it's absolutely beautiful as well. Mm. I have to say that it looks uh, it's something that I can't wait to see in in real life. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. But I have no background in sailing. <laughs> Again, so this is completely new to me. New yeah. challenge. Um, but just a great opportunity to learn a new skill. But well, you also... learn on the boat, or do you do yeah. it in advance? So we learn on the boat. Okay. So we're kind of thrown straight straight. And into where is it. she? Uh, where is she? Yeah. She's based up in uh, Norway. She's in Tromsø at well, the moment. Yeah. She's oh, okay. right at the top of mainland Norway. Okay. But yeah. she um, she operates out of Svalbard, which okay. is where we have our polar base. Yes, yeah. so on, you'll fly out land. there. Yeah. So we fly out there to join okay. the vessel. And then. And what's yeah. her name, the boat? It's, it's the sailing vessel Linden. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's uh, it was built in nineteen ninety three by a, a museum team actually, okay. who As replicated a, replica, yeah. a, a Baltic trader. So it's a double hulled wooden three masted yeah. schooner, Amazing. the largest in Europe. That's yeah. incredible. And yeah. how many people can be on it at once? Well, it could take uh, up to thirty, but yeah. uh, we're going to uh, have eighteen of us okay. on board. And then it's got a, a professional crew that stay on board oh, okay. of six or eight. Yeah. yeah. Well, everyone working kind of the shift systems that like mm. you do, like yeah. watch, yeah. like We've six on, four off, whatever. Yeah. Three watches. One will be doing the science. Yeah. One will, will be doing the sailing of the vessel. Yeah. Uh, and the third one will be sleeping, of course. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really that's a, it's the third really important point mm. is that this is science gathered by a non-polluting uh, vessel. Normally, yes. they're yeah. gas guzzling. Yeah. 
the heavy diesel job is. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking when so, we said originally, and then you said sale, and I was like, oh, hang on a second, that makes more sense because yeah. that's yeah. in keeping yeah. with what you guys are trying yeah, to do. Absolutely. Yeah, And that's completely unique around the mm. world, so uh, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, because I think uh, Greta, didn't she, did, uh, when she went over to New York, she went on a sailing boat. Um, that's right, yeah. Um, and I remember everyone was like, oh, why have you done that? And it's like, well, of course she's going to, because yeah. you've got to put your money where yeah. your mouth is. Yeah, you? yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, what kind of uh, challenges do you guys expect to face? I mean, you mentioned seasickness before this, so that's yeah. obviously <laughs> yes. one that you're thinking that you might face. Well, as a teenager, I was an uh, armchair sailor. So okay. I used to read books about it and think, oh, isn't that fantastic, sailing off into the sun and what have you. But uh, my father accused me of being sick on the Woolwich Ferry, and that goes from <laughs> one side of the Thames to the other side of the Thames. So my sea legs um, sort of let me down, really. But my first proper sailing was across Drake Passage so okay. to Antarctica yeah. in a 55-foot sailing vessel. So, okay. so that was a baptism of fire. And yes. Ever since then, I've been less sick. Do you get used to it quite quickly? Well, uh, I think so, yeah. What, what I was really surprised at, because I was leading the expedition, it was a BBC production, actually. Mm. So I was leading the expedition for the BBC down to Antarctica, and I thought, gosh, I've got to do this sailing. I must employ the best sailor I can possibly do, because I think I'm going to be incapacitated. <laughs> so I employed uh, Skip Novak, who is oh, very well him, known yeah. uh, for high-latitude sailing. Mm. Uh, but what the amazing thing that I witnessed was him being totally and utterly relief, uh, relieved when we actually hit the, the, the lee of the island. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So, you know, his uh, head of pressure had been huge uh, okay. during this thing, yeah. which was amazing uh, for a guy with such experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it made me feel lots better. I love it, yeah. <laughs> I also think, but I think seasickness, it depends on the vessel you're on, because I lived on a boat for a couple of years and um, I never got seasick on it, but everyone that came on it, even if they were seasoned sailors, there was something about just the movement of this particular boat that made everyone ill, so maybe it will be in luck and Lyndon will be a a smoother sail. Well, our patron is um, Tracy Edwards, who, um, you know, led the first all-female... Uh, winners, well, runners-up to, yeah. to the round-the-world yacht race at yeah. the time. The oh, Whitbread. that's incredible. Yeah, and she, uh, we invited her on the boat for a day, and she said, oh, no, people do that to me all the time, but I get seasick, she said. <laughs> and apparently most of the sailors get seasick. Yeah, seasick, and yeah. After the first four days, they're fine. But yeah. The uh, first four yeah, days, you know, they're, so they're much, taking yeah. pills and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine I'll also be seasick, but I'm, I'm on the boats that I have been on, which haven't been sailing boats, I've been okay. But for, yeah. for me, there's the cold, I think, because I've I never say, experienced... Yeah, so challenges for you, you'll yeah, worry about the cold. Never experienced that kind of cold before, <laughs> um, so that's going to be interesting. And I think just generally you know the, the fact that we're going to be busy the whole time it's yeah. not you know this is not holiday There'll be no downtime. <laughs> we're working yeah. you know we're going to be doing the science or we're going to be sailing and I think also um kind of being with the other crew and, and how the dynamics of that's mm. going to work when people are tired and they're mm. you know they're challenged mm. actually how do we all kind of interact with each other I think will be really interesting to see as well yeah and that's one of the things we want to capture as well, and the whole reason for doing it as well. I'm a normal guy from a very humble background, you know, council estate in London, so mm. if I can do it, anyone can do it. But I want to show those stories. Yeah. I want to depict those stories in their fullest, yeah. warts and all fashion. So people come from all over the world, or just all over the UK? No, um, all over the world, yeah. actually, yeah. We're getting really significant international So there might be language issues as well? Yes, mm. there could well be, yeah. 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 Any other challenges particularly that you thought of? 
Uh, well, just um, you're you're doing the science, but mm. capturing the story is a real challenge yeah. in, in a really good way. Yeah. Mm. I've um, batted back lots of production companies, TV production yes. companies, and probably one a month for the last goodness knows how many years. Who want to make you know ice idol out of it? Or um, yeah, yeah they, they've got a thing in their head. Oh, this sounds like a good idea. We could do this with it, or we could do that with it. So mm. I say, no. Actually, what I want to just show you is the human story about yeah. these people taking part, their motivations, mm. their peaks, their troughs, mm. because that's far more interesting yeah. than anything you can yeah. create in Soho or New York. So, yeah. <laughs> Um, we use social media to kind of track the, the expedition. So we will be filming it ourselves. Yes. Okay. Uh, we'll be seeding it on uh, YouTube, okay. on our YouTube channel. I'll put that in the links. So yeah, please do. And then, um, and then we will create a documentary series out yeah. of it, but By after yourself. the event, yeah. and after you've done with it. editorial control. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're in charge. Yeah. yeah. So you can tell the story. That's yourself. right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm absolutely open to all the mistakes I all will make. I've seen, you know, people uh, in this microcosm of a, you know, extreme environment mm. you, uh, or um, an expedition team, you know, people. Mm. I was going to say, you know, like in business, they talk about like the storming, forming, norming. Do you yeah. see that in a very short space of time? Yes. That's, uh, sort of. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right way around. I think it is. No, maybe it's forming first, isn't it? Forming yeah. and then storming and then norming. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. You, you do. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm wary of acronyms like that because no, they I never know. really tell the whole story. No, they give no, an indication yeah. and, the, you know, as an indi indication, it's fine. But, mm. you know, the reality is it's far more complicated. Yeah, more shades of grey than that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we human beings, uh, the first thing I try and teach people is that we're frail, we're infallible. Uh, we're not sorry we're yeah. fallible yeah. Mm -hmm. we're not infallible so be uh, kind. and we will make mistakes <laughs> yeah. you know, it doesn't matter how experienced you are it mm. doesn't matter you know um, uh, how uh, skilled you are yeah. you will make mistakes at some stage so mm -hmm. to tell that as a story you know is fascinating mm. I think yeah I think it's really fascinating I'm really excited to and empowering it. as well because yeah. mm. people in the first instance get to know about themselves mm. in these extreme environments because there's no room for bluff there's no, no room for yeah. facade or anything you know you find your real self yeah, yeah. and Absolutely. once you've done that you can then work on that sort of performance uh, and the second thing you realize is that if you look after each other then it's much safer much mm. kinder much warmer much yeah much more easy to put up with the deprivations yeah yeah, yeah. so you form a little community on the boat yeah. looks yeah. after each other that's right yeah so lucy you're joining jim for 10 or possibly 20, 20. days 20 <laughs> days hopefully first of all this year and then hopefully more next year um so i think you mentioned it a little bit more but just kind of what led you to go like how did you find the global warrior how did you go actually this is what i want to do this is why i want to pause my career to do yeah. this um well, I was actually doom scrolling, <laughs> as you do. Yeah, we've um, all been there. Yeah, and, and I came across an article in Devon Live um, with, with Jim talking about mm. the expedition and Global Warrior and Ocean Warrior and um, just thought, wow, that sounds really interesting. For, for a long time now, I've been thinking about, you know, our planets in crisis, mm. kind of thinking about all the, the independent little things that I can do in my life to mm. make a difference. And as soon as I saw the article, I don't know, it's something just called to me about it. And given that it was local as well, and I, I live not too far from, yeah. from Princetown, um, I applied. Um, so I put, put my uh, chitty in and, 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 and said I'd love to do this. Yeah. 
and um, got invited to a selection weekend, which I cannot talk about. <laughs> but oh, was, now I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was it was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah, I just as soon as I kind of was involved in that selection weekend and meeting other people who were also really keen on doing this, I realised this could be like a really big turning point actually for me yeah. in my life. Not only is it kind of contributing to um, hopefully a brighter future for, yeah. for all life on Earth, but it's a real personal challenge for, yeah. for me. And that's always something I've been interested in. I'm always looking to do something new and challenge myself and get the most yeah. out of life that I, that I possibly can. Because, mm. you know, our time here is fairly short. Yeah. So I want to experience as much as possible. And I think you know it's one of those things isn't it you can't you can't uh protect what you don't love and and ultimately uh, you know i know this part of the world really mm. well but actually i've never been to the arctic and yeah. you know i hear all the time about how things are changing mm. but without actually seeing it in person i think it's very hard to talk about it and then and get other people on board yeah. in protecting those spaces so yeah just a, a really good challenge and a way to contribute really yeah. and kind of give back what um, are you most looking forward to um, I think just getting away from four walls, phones, yeah. <laughs> you know, the kind of everyday modern life and really immersing myself in nature, like really, really, truly immersing myself in nature and just being challenged by nature. You know, the sailing um, is going to be really difficult and you're kind of at the mercy of Mother Nature when you're doing that. So yeah. I think that that moment to step away from and kind of just be at one with nature and then really kind of get involved in that way I think would be great really yeah. exciting yeah so exciting so you've obviously had to do a lot of fundraising to so that's how it works is you yeah. get sponsorship so how's that going yeah I mean it's 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 hard yeah <laughs> there's no denying that but you know I've had already had some really great local organizations that have got involved and friends and family that mm. have contributed um but it's hard work you know trying to get money out mm. of people but I think as soon as they kind of um it, I think most of the people that are sponsoring it's about you as a person and your story and they want to hear what you're doing yeah. and how that's going to work for you so they've you know I have got lots of people that are involved but yeah I've got to keep going and yeah. I need more sponsorship yes yeah um, so if someone does want to get in touch where can they find you yeah. most easily so I have an Instagram page it's probably one of the easiest yeah. places to go to um, so that's Ocean Warrior Lucy yeah really I'll put that in the show notes forward. as well um, yeah. I have an email address as well um, and obviously you can get hold of Jim through yeah. warrior-ocean.com there's lots of different places but yeah i'd mm. say that if, if you want to get hold of me that's the best place yeah. to do it and i'm sharing my story on there i was just about to ask whether you're sharing your story yeah yeah, yeah i'm building a picture of what we're doing and and so i need sponsorship for this year mm. um and i'm almost there on my sponsorship for this year yeah push. but next year i'd like to go for as long as possible so yeah. it'd be great to have some organizations involved that can follow my story from this year yeah. letting sail and then going back and then again be part next of it year. next year yeah. as well yeah. yeah absolutely that's really exciting yeah so, Jim, you were mentioning earlier about sponsors. So, obviously, I was going to ask how you fund the... Like, obviously, the individual people are getting their own sponsorship, but, like, what else? There must be so many costs involved, like... Yes. I mean, the shop, you were saying, huge. like, the profits from the shop kind of help... Yeah, they do. It. Yeah, they do. They keep me going, actually, yeah. and my wife, Sam. Oh, yeah, uh, I should explain what shop we're in. <laughs> it's all outdoor... Uh, gear isn't it basically yeah. yeah 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 basically we outfit people for the more and beyond basically more and that's beyond. What, I like that. <laughs> so all the locals get a local discount but don't tell anyone else that uh, 
Have locals, local. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone in Devon, basically. <laughs> but um, but yeah, they realise that they're contributing to something that's much greater. So yeah. it, it's really nice that people choose us to yeah. get themselves out. Yeah. And we do. There is a side to the business that Ice Warrior Expeditions Limited that is a consultancy. Okay. That gets people out to do uh, Everest and okay. Uh, other so people who are doing Everest like. Um, I was about to say for fun. I don't know whether that's the right word you should use for us. <laughs> but people that are doing it just for, um, like, just because they want to push themselves. Yeah, yeah. and scientists. I mean, yeah. we, I've got a lot of scientific mm. uh, uh, clients as well that we uh, train and we uh, kit out. Yeah. Uh, and camera operators and things like yeah. that for the BBC. We've got training packages for them. Oh, that's really... Yeah, I hadn't yeah. even thought about that because isn't that stupid? Like, I think about... You see everyone up doing it, but you don't think about the people filming, but they also need to be kitted out. <laughs> well, I was really lucky. I was a safety um, guy on Frozen Planet and mm. Human Planet and uh, a lot of the uh, NHU, you know, the Natural History Unit uh, programmes. Yeah. Um, which was fantastic, and I kitted them out, I trained them, and I took them out there. Yeah. But uh, nowadays I haven't got time to take them out there. So, no. <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, just really, really lucky. What was the question? Um, <laughs> oh, I think I was asking about how you uh, how you fund it. I think there must be oh, so yeah. much costs involved in so a big I spend like this. my life at the moment, um, yeah, going after sponsorship. Yeah. So that can be anyone uh, from a material sponsor, like we just our latest one is um i can't say their name no, but no, that's they fine. are providing over a hundred thousand euros of uh, scientific equipment yeah. to equip the boat out Amazing. which is absolutely incredible yes. uh, uh, but our commercial partner is uh, Henry Lloyd, the British uh, oh, yep. sailing, sailing brand, gear, which yeah. is an amazing start, as it were. Yeah, they're Ocean so well-known. Warrior, and it's tremendous kit, and they mm. have a really good uh, eco uh, system going on mm. with their clothing as well, converting it from uh, you know what most people uh, purvey at the moment uh, to something that is uh, really ecologically sound, yeah. or as sound as you can make it at yeah. the moment. Yeah. So they've got a great story to tell, and I'm happy to tell it. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and so I spend my life uh, with a numb bum and square eyes, looking at a computer, <laughs> and, and presenting to people. And, and, and you can't wait to get on that boat and away from yeah. the computer for a bit. <laughs> but actually, it's a it's a double edged sword. I mm. just took a few days off, um, which I never do really. Uh, but my uh, lovely partner, uh, wife Sam. Uh, insisted that we go to France for a few days, and that yeah. was uh, that was interesting. So I could work in the morning, work in the evening, but I had to take the day off, <laughs> which was uh, How really did you good. Find but that? I find it really difficult yeah. to be honest. It's I feel guilty. Off. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I'm driven by this thing working. Yeah, and um, and I can't help that. So, no. yeah. and I've always been the same, really. Once I found that purpose, then that's what. Yeah, and so I, I think I'll, you know, on my deathbed, I'll be the same. Yeah, and. <laughs> I was gonna. I was looking down at my questions, just my notes, and I'd asked about why the work's so important. But we've already ex- explained that, like your your three part thing earlier about the immediacy and the lag in science and stuff. That kind of explains, doesn't it, why it's so important to yeah. uh, get that kind of. It, it is incredibly important that we put our finger on these areas and keep our finger there, and, mm. and you know it allows us also to point the finger to governments and and commercial entities. That should be doing something that yeah. aren't doing so something, doing and that's enough, the yeah. really serious side, and that's yeah. the side I'm going to concentrate on as the sort of figurehead, it's kind of lobbying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, you know there are huge things to yeah. shout about at the moment. 
Um, I haven't put this on any of our notes in advance, so you'll have to excuse me for springing something on you. But I was just thinking, obviously, like, ocean pollution and, like, the ice caps melting things, that's stuff we all talk about. But you mentioned the desert earlier, and I've not even really... I don't think I've heard any coverage about climate change in the desert. So Mm. would you tell us a little bit about what um, Desert Warrior is? Right. Well, um, desertification, so the conversion of, uh, you know, land that uh, could sustain crops and... Oh, okay. uh, and what yeah. have you is absolutely prime. I mean, if you take the Sahara in the last ten years, it's expanded sixteen percent, mm. which is huge. Yeah. That's a massive thing to begin with. Yeah. But um, all the rest of the world's deserts as well are all expanding at the yeah. moment, and people's livelihoods, their survival depends yeah. on these desert areas. Yeah, and the aquifers are uh, disintegrating because water's being used, uh, you know, elsewhere. Yeah. It could be thousands of miles away mm. for agricultural purposes, feeding just a few. Uh, whereas you know we should really be looking at these systems and the biodiversity that's disintegrating as well okay. with those systems so that's uh, another and research seeing... project then. yeah sorry, yeah i mean the sorry. research is huge yeah. uh, and the same for mountains i mean 30 mm. percent of the, the planet lives because the mountains provide them with water that provide them with food but yeah you know uh, and yet we're losing all the glaciers and okay. uh, and what have you you know it's all heating up and getting polluted and yeah. soil itself um i rather worryingly spoke to a very senior soil scientist world global presence mm. who said that he thought that uh, we've only got seven years left to provide the yeah, planet with agriculture as we know it so mm. we've got to change and we've got to change yeah. really quickly and the sooner we realize that the better but mm, unfortunately yeah. i think our systems are locked i'm a pragmatist at the end of the day and our systems are locked or very slow to move mm. because we're reliant upon antiquated politics yeah political systems we're uh, reliant upon commercial um avarice basically yeah. greed you know, why should you progress a company why should you make people you know, unemployed when you're still making a profit. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me, you know, just uh, morally, it doesn't make sense. Mm. So uh, there's a whole huge thing. I won't get my no. soapboxes out now. But, <laughs> no, well, we can always but, do another one. But there <laughs> are huge areas yeah. that uh, I just want to talk about. And those, you know, when you talk about the deserts, they, you know, people aspire to knowing more about these regions. Mm. The jungles, the middle of the jungle, you know, there's all sorts of biodiversity problems yeah. going on and uh, trashing of the trees and things like that. So all all of these extreme environments are the barometer mm. of change, really, yeah. the, the indicators of, of how we're faring. So before we started recording, you were saying that it was Ice Warrior, then it became global to hit those five, hang on, yeah, five <laughs> areas. So is Desert the first one that you've done after Ocean, or after Polar, sorry? Uh, so ice, so ice. Polar's <laughs> been going 22 yeah. years, yeah. yeah, seven major expeditions and all that. Yeah. Um, Oceans next, Ocean's and I next. launched that at the beginning of this year. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then desert will probably be November next year. Okay. Yeah, uh, and then jungle and mountain are coming mm. soon. Wow, I'm cracking on with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all same premise, citizen science, research. Yeah. Ice Warrior was the model, so it's yeah. repeating the model in a different environment. In a different environment, uh, with, yeah. With very little change, really. Yeah. yeah. And are you going to try and Always be feet on the ground for most of them for a little bit of it? Yes, yes. I, I will beam in, beam out, yeah. Which yeah. one um, 
are you most looking forward to um, out of the five? Well, I have done quite a lot of desert stuff, so yeah. I do like the deserts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're but, okay with um, the heat. Yeah, yeah, I went once went from uh, minus 21 uh, in the Arctic to plus 52 with a Bedouin in the, uh, in the Jordanian desert. And uh, the Bedouin were complaining about how hot it was. And, Gee, how can you st- uh, stand it? And I said, well, I'm just uncomfortable at a different level. <laughs> a different level, yeah. yeah. Which so. one do you prefer, the heat or the uh, ice? Um, I don't think I have a preference, really. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. whichever, yeah. No. I, they're so different. Yeah, it's like uh, solo stuff. I did a lot of my original stuff. Um, you know, going to live with the Inuit and going out from Inuit bases uh, on a solo uh, basis. And the solo expedition is another dimension that's really, really nice. Mm. But so's taking complete novices and training them, Train them to yeah. be competent in those yeah. environments, mm. and um, and that's a different thing entirely. You know, yeah. different leadership thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, a whole different yeah. ball game, yeah. But obviously something you like doing from your leadership origins at Absolutely 16. Absolutely, love so, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Lucy, so obviously if you get the bug, would you be uh, intrigued by the other ones or is polar where your head's at? Um, I think I- I'm definitely interested in the others. I think ocean kind of sings to me just because I was brought up in Devon and so yeah. near the water. So yeah. it's, I think for me that it's the water part of it. I mean, yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe I'll get the bug and that's it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll want to try all of the others. I think jungle scares me a little bit. The the bugs, I think, would uh, put me off slightly. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think ocean's probably where where my heart is. But yeah, yeah, who knows? Maybe maybe I will give the others a go. Yeah. 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 Well, um, I was going to say I've taken up quite a lot of your time to get, and I know you guys are super busy. But is there anything else you guys wanted to tell us that we haven't covered? No, I just um, make an appeal really for, yeah. for everyone to prick up their ears because yeah. you know this does involve everyone. It's far mm. bigger than politics. It's far more important yeah. than commerce, and it does you know boil down to us as individuals to do something about it mm. collectively. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, great. Yeah, I mean, if it, depending on when the podcast comes out, we're also giving a talk in Totnes on the twenty second of July. Um, at the Albatross, so people okay. will be welcome to come along to that oh, um, and hear all about more. us. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Um, so I'll just quickly finish by I've been asking everyone these three questions because it's a nice way to finish, and I love the variety in people's answers. Um, uh, Jim, you can go first. How do you relax? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, given what you were just saying about driving, <laughs> how do I relax? I'm not sure I do relax. Do I relax? Uh, I suppose active relaxation. <laughs> I, I do a bit of reading. Yeah. And uh, I do a bit of watching uh, decent stuff on television. Okay. I'm not much for fantastical things or stories or things that aren't um, uh, real, I suppose. Okay. Uh, yeah, but that's my relaxation. Being on the moors. Being on the moors, yeah. watching our yeah. peregrines that we've got lately. Yes. We've got some yeah, peregrines we that we've follow, yeah. follow, follow their juveniles. That yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. we do that. And yeah. we... Yeah, can't deny that we enjoy to eat good quality local food. Yeah, yes. so we we really want to support local absolutely farming yeah. and local meat production, and yeah. uh, and so we we ensure that we indulge in good food. Any favourite restaurants around here you'd recommend? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> or another thing is, if you miss one, I don't want to upset. <laughs> we make it our business yeah. to ensure that we know what all the eateries are like. Yes, here. okay, because of the nature of. You know, the people coming yeah. through the, the store as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. How about you? How do you relax, Lucy? Um, I think eating is probably also a favourite <laughs> of mine. I think when you live around here, you've got so many great places that are kind of organic, locally mm. sourced. So, yeah, food is definitely big on my list of things okay. to do. Um, but I also love paddle boarding on the dart, cause it's so, especially if you go on the weir above Tom yeah. S, It's just still. Yeah. So you can just paddle for miles and then stop off with a picnic. Uh, I've got a camper van, so just weekends away. Yeah. Reading, definitely really love, enjoy reading. Uh, painting, so yeah, lots of different lots things. Lots of things, really. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what are you reading or listening to right now? <laughs> you did mention books, so you can give us a book yes. plug. Okay, I can't remember what they call it, actually, but it's um, it's a fascinating book about our tidal waters and how the waters um, are affected by climate change, okay. basically. Well, how they work, in fact, it really goes into great, detail and depth pardon the pun uh, about you know mixing of the waters and salinity and temperature so it's um yeah it's yeah. really building up the, okay. the the back catalog to my knowledge really yeah, yeah. so your your reading is still for work usually <laughs> well it is pretty yeah. much yeah if uh, the other i usually have several books on the go and mm. uh, the other one's about shackleton yeah yeah <laughs> Excellent. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I've always got about seven books on the go, which is quite confusing sometimes, actually. But um, what are you up to right now? Any in particular? Yeah, I guess the most relevant ones for what we're doing at the moment. I'm <coughs> reading a book called Thunderstone by Nancy Klein, I think okay. it is. Um, so it's about women who, after the, after lockdown, bought a caravan and basically put it in the middle of the woods and and completely changed her life and started living off of the land yeah so that's really fascinating and i'm also reading on time and water by andre magnuson okay um and that's uh, basically a history and a future yeah. of the water um but in discussion with kind of connection and relationships and family and and how it's all changing okay. through times so and then awesome. i also love um isabella lande which is fiction okay um, so i'm reading about that as well oh nice yeah and finally and i did get told this was a stupid question by someone recently but i do think that it's still worth asking because everyone's got a different answer uh, why is being outdoors important to you I think exposure to Mother Nature mm. at whatever level doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be extreme, but it, it gets you to look inwardly. And mm. I think that's empowering mm. yeah. uh, to be um, accepting of yourself and your frailties and your fallibilities, and your, uh, but also your strengths, you mm -hmm. know, knowing your strengths and um, trying to get rid of that delusion that we all have in, in, in everyday life is a really good thing to do. Mm. So I think Mother Nature being outdoors uh, yeah. allows you to do that. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I think kind of similar, really. I think it's, for me, it's about grounding and coming back to yourself. Mm. Um, you know, we're, we live in a society that's very on the go all the time mm. and always forward moving. Yeah. And I think when you spend time outside, it gives you that opportunity to pause, I guess, yeah. and reflect and just slow back down and kind of realign yourself with like what what is it I'm actually doing rather than just running in the rat race yes. I think that's why it's really important to Body, get outside yeah. yeah excellent thank you so much for your time today guys thank, thank you very you. much yeah. and I'm really looking forward to following the expedition and seeing how it all goes thank Great. you so much no thank, you thank you big thank you again to Jim and to Lucy for inviting me up to base camp at Princetown to talk about that upcoming Resolute expedition. I really enjoyed the conversation, as you could probably tell, um, and I could have spent all day talking to them. If you enjoyed the conversation and want to find out more, you can follow them on Instagram at Ice Warrior Jim and Ocean Warrior Lucy, and you can follow the YouTube channel at Global Warrior. 
And if you're local to us in Devon, don't forget they've got a talk coming up on the 22nd of July in Totnes, and we'll put that link in the show notes as well. Um, If you did enjoy the episode, we would love it if you would rate it, rate the podcast, subscribe, share it with your friends just so that more people can find us. Uh, Until then, we'll be back in two weeks' time with another episode, and thanks for listening.